Amen. Let's give it up for the kids one more time and the worship. Wow. Seeing the, the kiddos up here gave me flashbacks. I remember in Kingdom Kids on special occasions like Mother's Day and Christmas, being up here singing. I remember how I was always embarrassed to do so. We were always singing some songs with the word mom in it. So there's not many, but I won't sing them for you all today. Um, but good morning, brothers and sisters. For those who don't know, yes. My name is Daniel Samogi, and I have the honor and privilege of serving here in North Orange County as the campus intern. Yes. Thank you. I have, it's crazy. I've been part of Orange County for almost three years now. It'll be three years upcoming August of this year. And a lot of awesome things have happened in my life since I've moved to Orange County. I mean, for one, I've been in this awesome household. Uh, so I love the, the guys in my household, those who are in it right now, and those who uh, moved on to Greater Pastures. Thank you, Chris. Yes, and the singles. So it's been a great time joking around in there, you know, really striving to be godly men, solving murder mysteries, uh, like in video games more so for Eli. So yes, it's been a fun time for that. Uh, I got into an awesome dating relationship back in August, or September 2021. So yes, that's been awesome. Me and my girlfriend Savannah have been dating for about 20 months now, so that's been encouraging. I also got to finish school at Cal State Fullerton, finally. Thank goodness. Yes, in my degree in criminal justice, I get to walk in about a week or so, so I'm really excited about that. No more money to Cal State Fullerton anymore for me. Amen. And I have to say, with all the good things in my life, God has been blessing with me. Can I be honest with you guys? I have never felt more insecure than right now. Let me, let me be honest with you guys, all right? So... Obviously, my outfit speaks volume right now. I can tell you guys are like, uh, who is this guy right now? I got Tiger Woods, yes. Red Hot Sunday, it's Tiger Day. I, I went to Target this morning. A lady asked me, do you have any more strollers? And I looked at her confused. She was like, oh, you must not work here. And I was like, I do not, I'm so sorry. People say I look like Jake from State Farm. There it is. I got a text, yes, I got a text recently from uh, my girlfriend's daddy saying, you look like the Verizon guy. You look like the guy that works from Staples, all that stuff. And even my own mother came up to me today, gave me a hug. She whispered in my ear, the first thing, you look like an employee from Chick-fil-A. So I'm like, oh no, what's going on here? I was feeling good about myself, now I'm like, oh man, why did I dress like this? Man. Speaking of mothers, happy Mother's Day, of course. As I mentioned, my mom's here and you know, all the moms in the room, happy Mother's Day. I really hope you guys are, you know, cherished on this day. Men, I know there's a big basketball game, but please deny yourself. Encourage your wife, encourage the mothers, kids, do the same thing. Uh, I just want to wish my mom personally happy Mother's Day. Um, let me just share a picture with you, actually, uh, if I can. Uh-oh, is the clicker not? I don't know if I have it on. There it is. I realized my family, we're not really a photogenic bunch, but I saw this picture and I was like, why not? So this is me and my mom about 20 years ago. Uh, I look crazy in this picture. It looks like my mom gave me something in the glass. I don't know what's in there, but hey man, I definitely love you, mom. So thank you for being here. You really mean a lot to me. You've done so much for me. Uh, just a quick story. My mom has been there through thick and thin for me. I remember when I was little, 
I love playing baseball, so I remember going to the park and my mom playing catch with me, telling her, throw me a grounder, mom. Now throw me a pop-up. Throw me a chopper. So doing all that while my dad was at work waiting for my brother to get out of school. So I do remember those times, mom, so thank you. There's many other times, but that was just the first thing that came to my mind. So thank you so much for that, mom. Uh, So with that being said, today we're going to jump into our lesson. And what we've been studying out so far, it's called Made for More. And with that, we're, you know, we're realizing that you know, God made us for more than what we can even imagine. You know, we learned that God made us for a purpose. And a few weeks ago before that, we, were, we realized that we were made for an impact. Well, today, I want to talk about how we were made for deep relationships. Ooh, I don't know why the S is like that. I'm so sorry. But it's like that right now, all right? So we were made for deep relationships. And let me ask you this. What would it look, Oh, no. There it is. Uh, oh, what would it look like to have a deep relationship with someone? Think about that. What would it look like to have a deep relationship with someone? For some of us, it can be trust. A deep relationship often involves a high level of trust between individuals, which means being honest, reliable, and transparent with each other. Communication. Open and honest communication is crucial for a deep relationship. Being able to express feelings and needs, listening to each other, and being willing to work through conflict. And maybe it's intimacy. This doesn't necessarily refer to physical intimacy, but rather a sense of closeness and connection between individuals. It can involve personal thoughts and feelings through, um, you know, being vulnerable and showing empathy and understanding. And as we think about deep relationships, church, I want us to think about the relationships we have right now within this room with people. I want us to think about it, a deep relationship we have with our families and our coworkers. I'll do that. Before we get things rolling, I wanted to share a report I found yesterday by Rochester University. It's titled The Common American Values. And why do I share this? Well, one, we live in America, so I assume we can all agree to this to some sort. But also, I want us to look at each of what our values are as an American. So for one, it's individualism. Americans can tend to view themselves first and foremost as individuals with both freedom and responsibility to their own lives, set their own goals and stuff. You know, there's importance of time, the idea that time is money, don't waste my time. Work ethic. Americans place a high value on a strong work ethic. And it's crazy enough that we value it so much that we are one of the countries that vacation less. Achievement. Individuals evaluate themselves on, you know, high achievements and accomplishments. Direct communication and problem solving. Generally, Americans value clear and factual communication. But as you look at this list of common American values, there's something missing there. It doesn't bring up anything about relationships with one another. It doesn't say anything about family or significant other or wife, children. But it's all about our own security in our jobs and in ourselves, our own identities. And today I want us to reflect on God's desire for us to have a deeper relationship with one another. Amen? All right, so we're going to just get straight into it, all right? So the first point I want to make, oh no, is this, here it is again. I'm so sorry. First point here is, We are made for relationships. I'm sorry, this S is throwing me off so bad. That's the first point, though, guys. We are made for relationships. Let's go to Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. 
I'm going to go through the Old Testament a bit. So some of you guys who skipped over it, this is your time to catch up a bit. It says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now for context here, this is about Adam and Eve. And we know that Adam was created from dust from the ground and placed in the Garden of Eden where he was tasked to take care of the garden. However, when he was doing that, God looked at him from afar and just realized, wow, it's not good for someone to be left alone. So with that being said, he created a helper. He created Eve for him. You know, this verse highlights that we are created to be in relationships with each other. We are made for relationships. We should not be alone. As much as some of us may like to be alone, at times I like to be, I like to be a lone ranger at times. It's not healthy, though. Can we be honest, church? It's not healthy to be alone. Why is that, though? Well, say this, when you're alone, let's be honest, sin can be involved. No one's there to hold you accountable for it. And then you start to conceal it. And then your heart gets hardened. That's when you're left alone. Maybe insecurities. I mean, I was in the back looking at myself, feeling a little insecure about how I looked. But you know what? It's all good. I'm here with the body, and you guys are encouraging me, and I love it. Maybe there's doubt. I mean, last night and this morning, I was really doubting myself today. Like, I can't do this, God. I can't present your word to people. All of this can happen when we are isolating ourselves, church. But God knew that. That's why he made a helper. And I love that the Bible says he made a helper suitable for him. Because when I think of a helper I think of someone that I can rely on, that, hey, they're going to be my security blanket. They're going to be with me through thick and thin. You know, in Ecclesiastes 4, chapter 4, 9 through 10, it reads, Two are better than one, because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Told you, we're going through the Old Testament today. The author here observes the two people working together that are more effective than one person alone. And when we have a partner in our life, in our work life, we can accomplish more together than we can ever do on our own. And this is true because we saw this past Friday that LeBron and AD took down Steph Curry. (laughs) LeBron and AD, two people, Steph Curry, one person. Wow, the scriptures are true even in sports. I love it. Additionally, This passage highlights the importance of having someone to support us when we face challenges or difficulties. Don't we all need support when we go through hard times? Isn't it great that if we fall, we need someone to lift us up and get us back on our feet? It's great when we have that friendship with people, that relationship with people. You know, this passage speaks to the idea that we are made for deep relationships with one another. We need people in our lives who can support us, encourage us, and help us grow. And when we have strong relationships with each other, we're equipped to face the challenges of life and accomplish many goals that we could have not done ourselves. We were not meant to go through life alone. And I love how this passage really encourages us to seek companionship and support from others. I have to ask this, church. Are we seeking this type of deep relationship with each other? Do we know that we are made for more than just a casual, surface-level relationship? 
Exactly, Instagram, there you go. Liking a photo on Facebook and all that stuff. Oh, I support you, I love you, you know, best of luck. A relationship that I know I can count on when I need support, some encouragement, some love. A relationship that is outside of just seeing each other on Sundays. But a relationship where we are doing our best to be involved with each other daily. And I have to say, church, as a young man who's been going through a lot, who's been through a lot, I'm pretty sure you guys have as well. And I can sure you guys can attest that it's so much better when you go through the storms of life with other people, when they know that they got your back, that they're carrying your burden with you, they're in the storm with you, they're in the foxhole with you. I love that type of relationship. I love the loyalty. As most of you guys know my life story a bit, just to you know, share a little bit, you know, back in 20, 23 years ago, uh, my father passed away, and that was definitely a tough time for me. Thinking about how there was months where I was alone, and seeing where my life was, seeing how I was just living in sin, not wanting to read God's word, not wanting to know the purpose he has for me, not wanting to seek relationship with the people around me. But I have to say, church, the brothers in my life, whether back in my old church and today, right now here in Orange County, you guys played a crucial part for me to be here today, standing before you, being a man of God. You guys really helped me, despite me pushing you guys away. You guys were still there fighting with me, fighting for a relationship with me, fighting for my relationship with God. That right there, brothers and sisters, that's real love. Because we are made for relationships, we're also made to be loved by one another. This brings me to my second point. Oh, sorry, I, the question there. The second point, we're made to love one another. In John 13, verse 34 through 35, some of us are familiar with this. It says, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Just the first three words there of the scripture. A new command. Think about that. This is a non-negotiable for Jesus here. Whether you like it or not, we are called to love one another. And Jesus is emphasizing the importance of our relationship with one another Jesus said, love one another, not once, not twice, but three times. Because he's repeated himself three times. I'm pretty sure he wanted to get a certain point across, right? Jesus is not saying that we should be nice to people, to one another, or tolerate one another. He's not saying, hey, love one another when you feel like it. I know we're in this culture now where we do a lot based on what we think that feels right. But to be a disciple of Jesus, he commands us to show love through our actions. A command. We cannot command our feelings, church, but we can command our actions. Love is based on our commitment to follow Jesus, even when it comes to difficult people. Think about that. Isn't that counterculture to love people even when they are difficult to us? Parents, I'm pretty sure you guys can relate with that with your own children. Maybe at times with your own spouse. It is so easy to love those who love you back. It's easy to rock with people that rock with you, right? But that's not the essence of true love. 
True love is how you can love even the most difficult people in your life. Jesus is saying we should love one another just as he loved us. And how did Jesus love us? Well, he loved us sacrificially. We all know the scripture in John 3.16. We see it at the football games all the time near the field goal post. It says, For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. You know, this demonstrates sacrificial love, that it's God's nature. He was willing to give up his one and only Son, Jesus, so he can save us from our sins and give us eternal life. Furthermore, Jesus loves us unconditionally. In Romans 5.8, the Apostle Paul writes, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus did not wait for us to be perfect or have us to earn his love. He loved us in the midst of our sin and brokenness. Jesus showed his unconditional love through his interactions as well with the people on earth. Thinking about one of the stories that come to my mind is when uh, Jesus approached the, the lady who was uh, uh, committed adultery. And I love that story because, you know, Jesus didn't, you know, condemn the person. He condemned the sin. And he still loved her. He said, anyone who, uh, what was it? Uh, if, you don't have, if anyone has not sinned, um, throw the first stone. Yes. And everyone dropped their stones. I love that about Jesus. He forgave those who had sinned against him. That is real love right there. Love is an intentional choice to do what is best for other people. And as I think about the love that Jesus has for us, I began to think of the love that parents have for their children. I'm going to say mothers because it's Mother's Day. So fathers, please drop your pride right now. I'm going to say the mothers right now, all right? For instance... Even if a child makes mistakes, behaves badly, or disappoints their parents, their mothers, the love of the child still remains for that parent. It's constant. A mother's love is not based on the accomplishments or behavior of that child. We would fail. My mom would be like, you failed me, son. You didn't make it to the MOB after all those pop flies I threw you and stuff like that. Amen. <laughs> The love of mothers give their child a sacrificial and selfless love. They often put their child's needs and well-being ahead of their own. Mothers make sacrifices, work hard, and go to great lengths to ensure that their child is happy, cared for, and healthy. Unconditional love can also be seen in relationships. Not just, you know, parenthood, but relationships, friendships romantic relationships, spiritual relationships, is characterized by deep commitment to the well-being of the other person and a willingness to love and care for them in the difficult or challenging circumstances. And I have to ask, church, are we striving to love one another? A love like Jesus, sacrificially and unconditionally. And when I say this, it's not just to your immediate friend group. Campus, when I say that, it's not just to the campus ministry. Married, it's not just to the married. It's to everyone. And I have to ask, are we? Speaking for myself, I feel like I'm falling short in this area, church. I'm sorry. I've been too focused living in this campus bubble where I forget to reach out to the rest of you guys. 
the wise, the mature, seeking wisdom. But church, are you doing the same thing as well? Are you reaching the youth? Are you extending the olive branch? Are you willing to give advice to people? Eat us meals. Man, shoot, I'm always hungry. Reach out to us. We'll eat. Think about it. It's a two-way street here when it comes to relationships. Our relationships with others are not just important in and of themselves, but they also reflect our relationship with God. As we learn to love, forgive, and serve one another, we're also growing in our our ability to love, forgive, and serve God. You know, in verse 35 here, it says, By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Our relationships with others are a reflection of our relationship with Christ and our ability to follow his example. Again, this is not a suggestion. If you want to be Jesus' true disciples, you must love one another. In 1 John chapter 4, 11 through 12, it reads, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Once again, love one another. Twice in that scripture there. Three times in the other scriptures there. Our love for one another is not just a command, but it's also a response to God's love for us. We are called to love one another because God loved us first. And when we love one another just as God loved us, church, others will see that God is in their presence because his spirit will be living in us and he will complete us. Lastly, when we have deep relationships, when we realize we're made for deep relationships and that we need to love one another because we have deep relationships, we will see that we are made stronger in community. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, back to the Old Testament here, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. In this, we see that we are designed to work together, to support one another, to make each other stronger. You know, and I think of the imagery of three cords, three strands. The idea of unity and partnership comes to my mind. Just as three strands are woven together to create a strong and durable rope, so too can individuals bound together in a community to achieve great things. When I think of this, I think of some iconic trios that come to my mind. All right, so there's two things that came to mind. I'm a little nerdy here, thanks to my mom, but I think of the iconic trios of Luke, Leia, and Han Solo. Iconic trio. Think about it. Together, they were able to defeat Darth Vader and the Sith, along with the Galactic Empire. Would they have done this if they were by themselves, individually? No. I see Marcel laughing at me right here. There it is. But he'll like this one. He'll like this example here. What about the Heatles? The best trio, or one of the best trios. Better than the Jordan one, in my opinion. But look about it. (laughs) Think about it here. Each one... All right, at least at the time, Dwayne Wade did it, but he had Shaq. But each one of these individuals here, they couldn't have won on their own. But when they combined forces, oh my gosh, they were unstoppable. We used to hate watching them, I'm pretty sure, when they played our teams, right? You know, the examples I gave you 
were able to achieve greater things together as a group. And if they do not combine forces, they would not have saved the galaxy or won championships. But God made us to work together to make each other stronger as well. Romans 12, verses 4 through 5, as we come to a close, it reads, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all each other. And man, when I read this, it took me back to my baseball days, church. Oh my goodness. When I played in high school, I wanted to be the guy that hit home runs and stuff. I, I wasn't that guy. The coach always put down the bun sign for me. Maybe me use my speed. But why did he do that? Because each one of us on that team had a purpose to serve there. We had an individual role that if we didn't complete it, that we didn't use our gifts, we would not have succeeded. Just like us here in the church. We are stronger together than alone. Just as a body is made up of different parts, each with its own unique function, so too are individuals part of a larger whole. We are not meant to function in isolation, but rather to work together and support one another. To have deep relationships with each other, we need to recognize that we are all part of one body and that we all need each other. We are part of a family. We can draw on the strengths and gifts of others and offer our strengths and gifts in return as well. We can encourage one another, share our burdens, help each other grow and develop as disciples. And this way, we become stronger and more effective than we could on our own. As the pastor points out, we are not just members of a community, but members of one another. We are not just individuals, but we are part of a larger family. This means that we are interconnected and interdependent and that our well-being is tied to the well-being of those around us. Think about it, church. We cannot thrive unless others around us are also thriving. So as we close out and get ready to participate in communion, we're reminded of our shared identities as members of the body of Christ. We are each unique and individual members, but we are also part of a larger whole. And through communion, we can experience the unity that we have in Christ and be strengthened by the presence in our fellow believers. And communion is a reminder of the sacrifice that Christ made for us. It is a symbol of the deep love and commitment that God has for us and the world. As we share in this act of remembrance and gratitude, church, we are drawn closer to God and one another. Let's pray. Father God, we are so grateful for you, God. We're so grateful for your word, how it never comes back empty, Father. God, thank you for your son, Jesus, Father. For him being sent on this earth, God, so we can have a relationship, God, with you, and each other. God, I pray today that we remember that we have deep relationships, God, that this goes beyond than just Sunday service, God, but this can be daily relationship where we really care for each other, carry each other's burdens, Father. God, I really pray we can carry out the scripture to love one another, God. Pray that we can emulate Jesus, his biggest strong suit, to love one another, even to those who are difficult to him. 
Father. God, as we take the bread that represents Jesus' body and the juice that represents his blood, God, help us to reflect, God, on the life that Jesus lived, the example he set for us, Father, to be connected with each other and to love one another. We love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen.